Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Christians United Ministry. My name is Travis, and today we are doing Matthew 22. We are continuing our mini Matthew series. And again, we're getting to the point where we don't really like, you know, where, well, we love it, but we don't love it. You know what I'm saying? We love the fact that Jesus Christ did what he did for us, but I hate the manner that us people did to him when he was here. Um, so let's get right into it. we got a lot to go over. All right, verse 1. And Jesus answered and spake unto them again in parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king, which has made a marriage for his son, and set forth his servants to call them that were bidden, excuse me, bidden to the wedding, and they would not come. Again, he set forth other servants, saying, Tell them which are bidden. Behold, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fatlings are killed, and things are ready. Come unto the marriage. And they made light of it, and went their ways, one to his farm, and another to his merchandise. And the remnant took his servants, and, and, and treated them spitefully, and slew them. But when the king heard thereof, he was wroth, and he set forth his armies, and destroyed those murderers, and burnt up their city. Then saith he to his servants, The wedding is ready, but they were bidden they which were bidden were not worthy. Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as ye shall find bid to the marriage. So those servants who went out into the highways and gathered together as many as they found, both bad and good, the wedding was furnished with guests. And when the king came in to see this guest, he saw that there were a man which had not had on a wedding garment. He saith unto him, Friend, how comest thou in hither not having a weather garment? And he was speechless. And the king said to the servant, Bind him hand and foot, and take him away, and cast him into utter darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. This, before we continue going, does that sound familiar to anybody who's been listening to my podcast or catching into the Bible? Alright, we'll talk about why. Then went to the Pharisees and took counsel how they might entangle him in his talk. And they sent unto him their disciples with the Herodians, saying, Master, we know that are true, and the teachers the way of God and the truth. Neither carest thou for any man, for thou regardest not the person of men. Tell us, therefore, what thinkest thou? Is it lawful to give tribute unto Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, Why tempt ye me, ye hypocrites? Shew me the church, shew me the tribute money. And they brought him unto him a penny. And he saith unto them, Whose is this image in superscription? And they say unto him, Caesar's. They say unto, then saith him unto them, Render therefore un, unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's. And unto God things that are God. When they heard these words, they marveled and left him and went their way. 
The sad day came to him that Sadducees, Sadducees, my, my pronunciations are horrible, I'm sorry guys, which say that there is no resurrection and asked him, saying, Master, Moses said, if a man die having no children, his brother shall marry his wife and raised up seed into his brother. Now there were with us seven brethren, and the first, when he had married his wife, married a wife, deceased, and having no issue, left his wife unto his brother. Likewise the second, also the third, unto the seventh. And last of all, the woman died also. Therefore, in the resurrection, whose wife shall she be of the seven? For they all had her. Jesus answered and said unto them, Ye do her, not knowing the scripture, or the power of God. For the resurrection they neither marry, nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels of God in heaven. But as the touch, as touching the resurrection of the dead, having ye not read that which was spoken unto you by God, saying, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob? God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. But when the multitude heard this, they were astonished at his doctrine. But when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God, as with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. And the first and the great commandment, and the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love their neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang in the law and the prophets. While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus answered, asked them, saying, why think ye of Christ? Whose son is he? They say unto him, The son of David. And he saith unto them, How then doeth David in spirit call him Lord, saying, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sitteth thou on my right hand, till I make thy enemies thy footstool. If David then call him Lord, how is he his son? And no man was able to answer him a word, neither durst any man from that day forth, ask him any more questions. All right, so we're going to get right back up to the top. We're going to start going over. But do we remember a lot of stuff? There's all the things in this chapter reminding us what we're, uh, we've already been on in the past. It's just because we have touched these verses here and there. Um, so let's go to the top. Um, I just do a lot. I've been recently, I've been having these notes in front of me. Um, that, that way I could just make sure I touch everything I, need, I needed to touch um, and I not only do I read the chapter but I also go online and I find some good information as well that can help give you a better understanding um, because I realized to go through some of my previous podcasts I'm not being I realize I might not be being so simple um, simple, simple speaking you know so I want to make sure that I'm touching everything and excuse me doing this right so let's get back into it. Let's go right back to the top. And we're, when we're starting off, this is a continuance of 
his engagement with the religious leaders, um, the Jewish religious leaders from the temple, remember, from Matthew 21. And it begins with a third devastating parable asked about them and Jesus Indley he handles these questions pretty easily though um, because they, remember they're trying to get him tripped up they're trying to get him to fall and crumble and he's remember they're trying to do this publicly we've spoken already about how they don't want to bound him yet because he has a big crowd behind him so they're trying to trip him up in front of everybody else so that's easier for them to come at so this, this third parable, which is the one open this chapter, he compete, he's really exposing the, the, the Jewish leaders at this point. And he's using the parable of a king who was having a wedding feast for his son and none of his citizens, and they didn't attend. And people, he, he, he sent out his messengers, but people actually end up killing those messengers, right? So... He comes out and he's um, destroying the murderers. He's going out. He sends his armies and he takes care of those murderers, right? The people who murder his servants. The king invites as many as he possibly can be found on public roads. The hall is filled, and the king has one guest thrown out. However, when he arrives without a wedding garment, he came on with the wrong attire on. And this passage is close parallel to his parable of the great banquet, Luke 14, which I haven't gone over, so you're not going to know what that is yet, so we can go to Luke 14, 12 if you want, but features a, a, a few important distinctions. Christ's words are not only to speak of Israel's rejection to the Messiah, but they also establish concepts related to salvation by grace. And this is a comparison to how people treat, how these religious people are treating God. So we're saying God is, has been calling them and they're rejecting them. Meaning Jesus has been giving his teachings and inviting people into God's home, which is heaven. And these Pharisees are continuously, no matter what, are rejecting. They're rejecting the word of God. And so that's what he's comparing to here. So he's saying many are called, but few are chosen. That's a... Goes right back, brings us right back to Matthew 7, uh, verse 21 and on, all about how the straight the gates to heaven is, is drawn straight and narrow, and few, few will make it. Um, so that's kind of a reference back to Matthew 7. Let's continue forward. After hearing these uh, parables, they were pictured as the Pharisees are pictures rebelling against God, the Pharisees are ready to be done with Jesus. They're done. They're ready. They, 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 they realize, and they know this. They, they've caught on to what, what he's accusing them of. And they patch a plan to force Jesus to say something that might get him arrested for rebellion against Rome. And some of the Pharisee disciples, which include the Herodians, and um, begin to be flattering Jesus. They begin by flattering Jesus then asking if paying taxes to Caesar to the Roman Empire is right according to the Old Testament law. And Jesus knows exactly what they're trying to do and calls them hypocrites. He then holds a Roman denarius, which is a penny, and asks whose image is on it. He tells the people to give Caesar what is Caesar's 
and God was God's. And this is a remark establishes the idea as we as image bearer, bearers of God, which is um, you see that in Genesis one twenty seven, ought to give all of ourselves to Him. And next, some of the group known as the Sadducees approached Jesus, and this was a more politically connected and less spiritual sect. And the Sadducees did not believe in angels, a spiritual world, or an afterlife. They rejected the idea that God's people will be raised from the dead and live eternally. To show why such an idea is absurd to them, they imagine a scenario in which one woman ends up married to each of seven brothers in turn. Each each of them dies, and one by one, passing her to be married on to the next. Finally, she dies. So the Sadducees ask Jesus, whom the woman will be married to in the resurrection. Jesus rebukes them for interpreting scripture and understanding, underestimating God's power. He corrects their misguided question by pointing out that there is no marriage in heaven. Yeah, that's actually very true. There is no marriage in heaven. It's we're all one gracing God, right? And the answer also establishes that both angels and the afterlife are real. He then asks them why God would claim to be the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob if he is the God of the living and not the dead. Using their own tactic in their own scriptures, because remember, they don't believe and the afterlife so they have their own way of life so they're really asking god to kind of conform um he's at he's there he's like wait why are you approaching me about something you have done something you believe in if you don't believe in me so then you shouldn't be here you're not really viable and he's literally he's calling their core belief of the sadducees to be false again the crowd is greatly impressed by jesus teaching so nothing the pharisees are doing um, so next, Jesus is approached by one of the Pharisees, and this man is a lawyer, meaning he's an expert in the Old Testament and the traditions interpretation. It's traditional interpretations. He tests Jesus by asking a simple question debated among the religious leaders, which is the great commandment of the law. Jesus answered directly that to love God with everything in the primary commandment, which is the first, and the second is to love a neighbor as yourself. Everything we think, do, believe with respect to God is grounded in this fundamental idea. And it truly is. Remember, we just went over that a few, two weeks ago, that love is the root of everything. Love and faith. Finally, Jesus asked the Pharisees a challenging question of his own. Whose son is the Christ? And they rightly answer that Christ the Messiah is the son of David. But Jesus asked... How can that be since David called the Christ my Lord? Um, and this perspective touches on the idea of the Messiah's divine nature. None of them can answer. And Jesus silences his opponents yet again. At this point, uh, we're going to see this in Matthew 23, that Jesus will deliver a devastating critique of the Pharisees, leading to his heartfelt mourning over Israel's rejection of God. So make sure we stay tuned for that. Um... And I am starting this new campaign, um, handing off printables for anybody who needs a Bible. Uh, you can download directly to your Bible to your phone. Uh, you can directly the Bible to your phone, sorry, your iPad, um, or even your computer. Um, 
And I'm only telling you this so that maybe you guys can start doing the same thing. Helping others obtain a Bible. You know, it's all on your phone. It's all free. You don't pay for anything. If you know somebody needs a Bible and you don't have a physical one, get it from you can always tell them on the Play Store and on the, in the App Store for Apple. They all have it. You can download it. My, I have a handout that I'm going to be giving out to people I come in contact with. And it has the QR codes for each. But for the sake, you can, they can download any version of the Bible they choose to read. You know, um, I'm only giving out the King James Version. as just the most universally accepted Bible. I do read ESV and I do read um, Gideon. But I primarily read out the King James Version. Um, so if anybody has any questions, comments, concerns, suggestions, or needs advice, needs to vent, you can always email me at ChristiansUnitedMinistry at gmail.com. Thank you so much and have a wonderful day and God be with you.